0: Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on August 14th, 2020 over on twitch.tv slash Chat as we continue our discussion over the lore regarding IO. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who've signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86
1: and this is the impress that you didn't mess it up this time. That's green because I just, music I, just, lover.
0: I just went with what I have written out there because I just was yeah. like, I'm like, I'm it done. Still <laughs> it still works. It still works. I'm done. I'm done. It still
1: works. It's just, It's just fine.
0: It's, <laughs> it's just fine. fine. It's just
1: blue. It's the blue and green show.
0: <laughs> it's a turquoise show. <laughs> oh, gosh. We need purple yeah. back so we can have a rainbow. Anyways. Yes. Just- uh so yeah uh just real quick reminder um by the time you guys hear this one it will be friday so you the most recent weekly lore roundup for youtube will have just come out um please visit the site check those out let us know how we're doing or what we can do better with them or if there is a particular content creator that you would like us to include on them uh that website is the network.com uh and then also just another reminder as we kind of were talking about in the intro session to leave us a review over on itunes you don't have to give us a comment uh just the star review helps but uh obviously comments are really helpful for us because that helps us get better um not just for our show focus fire chat but also please 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 be sure to go and give a review for the destiny lore audio file which is a new show that green has started um since it is still in that grace that honeymoon slash grace period on the itunes logarithm does many reviews as we can get her started with that makes it that much better for that system to read. So just a quick reminder for those two things. Um, Green, did you have anything else as far as special announcements?
1: Uh, Just subscribe to Destiny Lore Audio File on either Podbean or iTunes at the moment, working on Spotify. Um, That one will come out in a couple weeks, most likely, but... Be sure to hit the subscribe button for that one because it's going to be a weekly release of just lore from the game as within the book. So it's going to be different readers. Sometimes there might be repeat books eventually down the line. If I have multiple readers who are like, I have a really good interpretation or I would get this really awesome deal. So you're going to get to see lore presented just as it is. Not a lot of commentary at all it's just the lore and a lot of good voice actors on this one. So it's been a lot of fun. You'll get to see, I have infested potato working with us. If you remember him as well as a few other content creators out there. So
0: cool. Um, so recap real quick on what we talked about earlier this week for those listening to the podcast. Um, we pretty much just touched base on all of the overarching, um, things <laughs> That you can find in Io, whether that be location, vendors, uh, items themselves, emblems, shaders, uh, armor, weapon sets, all that. Um, we also kind of dove into some of the the different way of telling the information about that, especially with regards to like the game guide versus the website versus the in game lore. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where we started off with the intro session. You'll you'll kind of. We'll, continue that trend uh this particular session we're going to look at story missions predominantly probably um, followed by planetary adventures we're probably going to spend quite a bit of time on planetary adventures especially one particular planetary adventure that i know Yee-wee. green is going to talk about um, and then we will talk about the two currently world quests that we have on io um, and then if we can get to it uh the strikes and the air quote dungeon that we have as well but um so kind of a full full load of stuff there um so we're just gonna jump right in if green you think that's a good intro let's do it so the first story mission that we encounter on IO is the story mission of Sacrilege. Now, this is the 10th mission in the base campaign, so it's probably been a while since any of us have played this one. Um, real quick, the Prima, uh, Prima Gamma Guide says, that describes the intro as, Ikora Ray has reappeared on this moon, where the secrets of the Traveler are yet to be uncovered. However, the Red Legion forces have certainly mined the area for both materials and information. As you arrive, a Cabal fleet is leaving in a hurry. It is only after a reconter across the strange alien rock outcrops and into a series of caverns that once served the Cabal that the true terror of Io is discovered. The Taken are here. Battle your way out of the interior following the instruction of Asher Mir as you attempt to close the Taken portal and you might just survive this. Um, The big boss for this particular mission is the Vortex Mine, which is a Taken Centurion. Um, We kind of touched base when we were talking about Ikora as a NPC figure on Io within the intro session. Uh, This is really where her involvement gets explained within the campaign and within the game. Uh, Io is set up as uh, basically a holy site for the warlocks and the obviously Ikora um, and that is mostly due to the fact of the history that Io has with regards to the Traveler and its terraforming processes during the Golden Age. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was any did I miss anything out of sacrilege?
1: Ikora also is struggling with her her definition of who she is without light because right. within this mission so there's a there's a, a bit of a psychological disarray that she is in in there she also talks about how the cabal are harnessing the traveler's energy or the light um there's the big boom that happens while uh, you're first starting the mission energy the traveler's energy what have they done this is my fault I could have stopped this so Ikora just constantly kind of bogging herself down but at, this mission had i would say three primary objectives. Introduce IO as a holy site, introduce the Cabal and what they're doing on IO, and then introduce the Taken and who they are. Because this is actually a really interesting mission where we get either veteran dialogue or noob dialogue. Whether if you're a veteran, it talks about orcs a little bit. If you're a noob, it talks about what the Taken are, which is kind of nice. But those are the three main things in this mission.
0: Yeah, and dancing, Viru is talking in chat. This is also the first time that we hear about the air-quote energy of the Traveler as a mineable resource, uh, which brings to the forefront the idea that it is not a... um, Ooh, spiritual thing as much as mm-hmm. we were led to believe prior to this it's an actual physical something that can actually be bottled up it seems uh which was an interesting di- diversion of that particular mm-hmm. concept
1: interesting thing asher also shows up for the first time here we get introduced to asher as a to- it's not a, not not his introduction Endgame? to be fair
0: it well, is, it's, as well, it's it oh, yeah, within yeah, D2. Within, within game, Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I know, I remember when he showed up, a lot of us in the lore community, at least, were really excited about him showing up because up until this point, he had only been a figure within the grimoire. So when Correct. we finally got him, like, actually talking, it was like, oh, you're a lot more of an a-hole you're- than we thought, but, you know... Y- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: You're a lot more annoying. You were better when you were passed out on the bed with Eris next to you. Just saying, no. Asher's not that bad. He's just the grumpy old He's- uncle.
0: And he has a pretty good reason to be grumpy, <laughs> as it turns. Mm hmm um but that that leads so once you get done with sacrilege that leads to the next story mission which is fury um obviously that is the 11th mission in the base campaign um the big boss in this particular one is the modular Upsilon, and the sub boss is the modular sigma uh which is introductory or it is the formal introduction on a boss level of just how annoying a goblin can be um <laughs> god i hated sigma he was uh. but anyways uh the game guide on this one says it seems that the taken and vex are firmly entrenched in battle in the mining facility on io a fact you see firsthand as you storm the mining operation structure attempting to find a war mined vault when you realize the only way onward is downward you need to battle through waves of taken so you can finally move a giant drill and expose the only way into the vault itself then you need to fight your way deeper still into the subterranean vault before finally connecting with the mainframe to uncover vital information regarding the Cabal ship, the Almighty. But it isn't Red Legion forces that could doom this mission. The strongest taken forces yet seen are ready to seal you in this tomb for good. So in, <clears throat> in the... Uh, course of i guess the the whole thing you kind of go through sacrilege and then technically you have two adventures that can occur before you have to do fury and those two adventures are unexpected guest and road rage um so or no road rage is right after fury sorry unexpected guest is the one that is in between these two technically uh, once you get done with Fury, that unlocks pretty much the rest of the planetary adventures that we'll talk about here in a second. Um but Green, did I miss anything from Fury as a campaign mission?
1: As far as like the interesting things, you see the division between Asher and his idea of what he thinks of Zavala's plan hmm. versus Ikora <laughs> understanding of course, what Zavala's just
0: headbutt it.
1: Yep. Typical Titan idiocy. I'm sure he thought. Our oh, Gauls has a sun destroyer. I don't need a plan. I'll simply headbutt it. its
0: <laughs> What was his name?
1: For Valbuuzala, <laughs> Zela. <Vuvuzela. Vuvuzela. laughs> yeah, that one I don't think is in this one, but it's. I think it's in one of the adventures when he says that. But you're right. A you... Yeah, you get a really good taste. In the first mission in Sacrilege, Asher comes across as just a very brainy guy. And it isn't until you get to Fury that you start to see that he's kind of a snarky jerk face instead, which he's also smart. But um, beyond that, at the end of this mission, we get the cutscene between the speaker and Gaul.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Is this the one There's is this the one with the burn? If Go kill yourself he,
1: at the end of it gosh uh no is this th- is the one where it talks about what it means to be a guardian or the traveler's chosen traveler's chosen devotion inspires bravery right. bravery inspires sacrifice So, so
0: go yeah because then because then it leads to death and he's like yeah he's like yeah I so kill that. yourself yeah. so free,
1: feel free to kill feel yourself free, feel yeah. free to <laughs> that one
0: <laughs> i love that cutscene. it's
1: like yes. i'm like where is this going
0: oh wow <laughs> Um, With,
1: side no. note, without Asher, we would not have known that the Almighty could, if we destroyed the Almighty, <laughs> that it would blow up our sun yeah. without Asher. Like, Asher's the one who points that out <laughs> to us in this <laughs> Asher, mission.
0: Just a heads up. You guys know that this is connected, right? Right.
1: The Almighty is inextricably bound to the harmonic resonance of the sun's magnetic flux tubes. What? If Savala blows up the Almighty, it'll take the sun with it. It's time I rejoined my fire team. Like I is just like translation.
0: <laughs> well, and it's not the first time that I that Ikora starts translating Asher. So like I think they were talking about it during yeah. the intro session. They were like, Ikora basically calls Asher out during one of the uh, strikes. He's like, Asher, no Multiple one times. knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Um the yeah. the no, this one's or fine. go for it, go for it. Sorry
1: no go for it. I was just saying this one's fun it's one of the more fun missions in my mind
0: yeah this one is up there with uh, road rage as far as my <laughs> road rage is just so much fun because you actually get an interceptor and you can just they basically give you an interceptor and they're like have fun here's the planet and it's like yes Um, go
1: blow up this Hydra oh
0: my gosh I still love when I can glitch into someone who is doing one of the adventures when I'm just on patrol I'm like oh look an Mm -hmm. Interceptor mine now Um, Mm -hmm. so much fun. Uh, the only other story mission that we have on IO is actually, uh, in the Curse of Osiris expansion, and that is the Deep Storage mission. It's the fourth mission, fourth mission in the expansion. Uh, this is where we dive into the Pyramidian with the help of Sagira, uh, to look for a map of the Infinite Forest in our search for Panoptes. So this was where Sagira... (laughs) bypasses the security of the entire effects network.
1: Everybody's like, it's that opening area where you're like, okay, I've got to stand on the plates to open the door because that's what I have to do for every mission and strike. Ready. And then she's just like, yeah, you don't need that with me. Go for it. Just go on in. You're fine. Yeah, Segura proving that she is much better than our ghost again.
0: I just was running one of the and how the Mercury adventures and Ghost agreed with Sagira. And she's like, oh, is this what it's like when we agree with each other? Weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot all about that That's line. That's in one of the
1: adventures. is <laughs> <It's laughs>
0: in the adventures. <laughs> I just, I I started laughing so hard. Uh, so bringing, bringing up Planetary Adventures, the uh, first one that we get is Unexpected Guests. Uh, really, this is basically our discovery of a new leadership that's guiding the Taken now that Oryx is gone. Uh, The big bad here is Eraz, Eye of Savathun. So this was kind of the introduction that Savathun is kind of taking on the mantle of the Taken leader. Taken queen, I think, would be the best way to call that. Um, That then gives us Road Rage, which connects with the Fury mission. Uh, because basically within Road Rage, we are tasked with defending the War Mine Vault JYS2 from the Vex, and then we find in that defense that a Inquisitor Mind or a, a Hydra, which is, goes by the name of Hyadon, the Inquisitor Mind, has stolen some files from the War Mine Vault, So we have to hunt down that Inquisitor Mind and return or recover those stolen files. Um, that Can I side
1: note, real quick on an yeah, unexpe- for it, unexpected guest, real quick. Uh, the Eye of Zabathun, which now in game for the what we're doing, are shriekers. The original Eye of Zabathun, Iraz, is a wizard, or is one of the witch-like characters in mm-hmm. that mission. She's a taken witch or taken wizard. So not to be cons- confused with oh, the eyes or fair, something yeah. we're dealing with now.
0: Yeah, I kind of always took whenever we have bosses, this is just kind of throwback to Destiny 1, um, whenever we have bosses that are something of like blank of... Septhune, mm-hmm. Blank of Oryx, Blank of Quoria, Blank of whatever, I always go back to that idea of the uh, Blades of Crota and, like, you know, how you had, like, the heart of Crota, the will of Crota, the the eyes of Crota. Do you remember
1: the Hand of Crota, yeah, I think, the was hand. one of them? Uh, Wasn't that the Thrall? Was it the Thrall?
0: Oh, my gosh, yes. There was one. Yeah, there was... <sighs> It Whichever would do, one I,
1: was the thrall that would end up in the corner and accidentally glitch into doing something <laughs> that looks totally inappropriate, <laughs> and you you just use your imagination. It's...
0: <laughs> anyway, he so then so a the really next, small hand. <laughs> the next planetary adventure is postmodern Prometheus, which so I just uh, I had I I remember this one because. I love how eris recognizes that or well eris doesn't blink when it comes to the name prometheus when you're doing the new contact uh event but uh drifter calls out prometheus as a oh you guardians have such come up with the weirdest names love that kind of throwaway line from drifter when it comes to the the name prometheus it has nothing to do with this but it was just something really funny um within postmodern prometheus we are basically tasked with testing equipment for asher which just basically coincidentally involves defending it from a lot of vex uh it also requires you to punch a lot of vex to get their i think it was something about their energy we had to watch how it interacted with something and you had to punch a storm minotaur to death which was a that was a fun one
1: well you could damage it with something else and then punch yeah, I think it you for had the to, final bit. You had to finally... Final blow.
0: Final blow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, next adventure is Cliffhanger. Uh, this is where we see Tecton, the constructive mind, uh, because basically what we have to do is we hunt down Vex who are injecting an unknown substance into the moon and put an end to their plans. Uh, so basically, we basically catch the Vex as they are trying to machiniform Io. Io. Uh, Asher gets a little upset about this process and designs a virus that we then upload into the Vex network <laughs> to really mess with them. He is very happy with himself at the end of this or <laughs> this adventure. Right.
1: Well, okay, you're forgetting a very important aspect of this one. We are hanging out over the like the valley where the cradle is. We're on top of Vex construction's
0: Oh yeah, that, that are yeah. dematerializing yeah.
1: as we're in this mission, and once you <laughs> initiate the virus, you have a very
0: limited time. You,
1: to get yes, off. you have to get off before everything deconstructs, and you're not like Which,
0: within like a skip hop away from the cliff. You're
1: oh my, you're a ways <laughs> away. It's one of those mem- moments where you're like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like oh oh, I have to get out of here. It's the same way. Um, Then we get to do the adventure that I'm going to just, like, Green talk on.
1: Arecibo, the one adventure that I could probably do an entire episode on (laughs) FFC by myself on.
0: Why, Green? Uh, Why could you do an entire episode on? I'm going to tell you right after this break. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis, boo. Well, we're gonna learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube.
1: All right. I'm a meanie and pushed you to break before I could say anything. So Arecibo is the adventure on IO that has us doing a musical tour and a way of... Rasputin and his freaky freaky abilities in some respects so Arecibo you find you follow the music you follow the music and you find out that this music then the little nodes that are look similar to the nodes that you find on Mars when you are recovering all the different aspects from Mars that is playing music and causing the Vex to not function correctly The music does have a few different, very, very important aspects to it because it is based in real life music. One is a pentatonic based song that is actually Asian in reference. I do not remember the original one. And then the other ones are actual Western style music. One referencing uh, Haydn, a little water music or a little night music. And I, one of them is a march of some sort, and I can't remember which one it is. It's been a long time since we've done that episode on this. <laughs> but the uh, you're following the music through these different things and taking out the Vex as you're going along, and you're worried about why the Vex and why Asher doesn't seem to be answering any of his telephone calls, still have no answer <laughs> as to why he is not like coming up on comms. Perhaps it's the interference that's happening. By the time you get to the end of the adventure, you've fought through a bunch of different Vex and Brasputin or whoever is controlling it are basically doing the whole little party trick where you turn on the music and everybody's dancing and then you turn off the music and then everybody's not happy. Well, when they're not happy, they're shooting at you. But when the music turns on, they just like freeze and they're like shooting up at the sky and everything. And it's just like freeze dance for a little while in the vault. It is the most amazing freeze dance game I have
0: ever seen. So wicked in chat. This theory about why Astro's not talking to us is because the interference is causing his Vex arm to choke him out.
1: Oh, God. Ratchet and Clank meets Destiny. Oh, gosh. If only. Acceptable. Acceptable. I mean, it's better than, like, him punching himself in places that would <laughs> cause him to not want to respond.
0: Rasputin is a disco ball. R-
1: well, okay, so the most frustrating slash scary part is when we find out that the- Rasputin has the ability to take over our ghost.
0: Yeah, this is the first time we see that. Yeah. We do see because that see again it, in Shadow Keep. But yeah, this is the first time that. Right, with Savala. And then there's the creepy, rare text or rare dialogue that you get where Ghost like fully spazzes out and yeah. yells about Mars and ice caps.
1: Well, that's what happens at the very end. And it's right, not right. actually that rare. You can trigger it because once you activate the final thing, you open up a room and there's all these different nodes up on the wall. Oh, okay. And the music's much louder. And once you get that, then. Ghost freaks out and has his moment of talking about Mars, ice caps, basically the original location of Hellas Basin where Rasputin is housed within Clovis Bray. But we didn't know that back then because that was back in before Mars was in a location again. So Rasputin takes over partially our ghost for a hot second and then Ghost comes out of it and he's like, what happened, guys? What's going on? What did I miss? But that I mean, that mission is really cool because they use music from a lot of different eras to help tell the story in it, as well as help describe kind of the breadth of what Rasputin with his culturally diverse things, because that's something we've always known is that Rasputin was trained or like instructed by Anna and the way she did that was she was assimilating as much cultural information in as possible and one of the things that she would put in there um was music and you had a mention earlier in the intro episode about the i think it was a shader called ballet lover
0: yeah made uh, in emblem, an emblem. An emblem yeah
1: that one's also a reference to the cultural aspects being
0: pulled in Dancing says that we need to teach Rasputin boundaries. <laughs> he... <laughs> this is the safe space. You need to... Well,
1: <laughs> currently, we've taught Rasputin that his boundary is within an ingram. ingram so...
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's in a... He, oh, that makes me think of Black Mirror. Anyways, so... You remember the tale cookie episode? No, uh-huh. the cookie episode in Black Mirror where they put him in the... Uh, But yes, the quotes. So there's a couple like trivia comments here. Uh, Throughout the mission, or throughout the quest, the adventure. Gosh, man, I'm going to get the word right eventually. Throughout the adventure, there are references to four different pieces of literature. Um, the first one is The Tale of Genji, uh, which was written by Murasaki, I think it's Shikabu. Uh, this is a show. Uh, Murasaki was a Japanese noblewoman and lady-in-waiting from the early, th- early 11th century, so quite a while back. Um, and The Tale of Genji, yes, green
1: tale of genji is a story about a man who is very good at being a charmer slash um he was a bit of a rake
0: yeah oh yeah w- yes and it was also not about anything at the same time like it's literally yep. like there's not really a plot in
1: it's like a short bunch of short stories but yeah together. well
0: and it's it's actually it's there's some people who argue that it was the world's first novel Um, or the world's first modern novel or first psychological novel um the 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 only other one that comes to mind when people talk about which one came first is another uh short story called the golden ass uh which i don't know much about actually so i i didn't have a chance to look that one up it sounds like it's really funny and i just gonna giggle to myself about that um the, the interesting thing about the Tale of Genji is that while it is actually regarded as a masterpiece from the time, uh, giving it a precise classification and basically because of the influence in both Japanese and Western uh, canonical cultures, um, it's actually really difficult. Like they can't classify exactly where the Tale of Genji falls. Uh, the quote in question is, real things in the darkness seem no realer than dreams. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just it's a it's an interesting thing. If you have any interest in that, it's definitely worth going into looking at Uh, the second quote is a quote from Parable of the Sower, which is a much more recent novel. This is a science fiction novel that was written in 1993. Uh, Parable of the Sower is the first in a two-book series. It was actually intended to be a trilogy, but if I remember correctly, the third book never got written. Uh, The quote is, Misdirected by accident or intent, intelligence can foster its own ecstasies of growth and decay. It is actually paraphrasing the full quote of intelligence is ongoing individual adaptability adaptations that an intelligent species may make in a single generation. Other species make over many generations of selective breeding and selective dying yet intelligence is demanding. If it is misdirected by accident or by intent, it can foster its own orgies of breeding and dying. Um, So the story of The Parable of the Sower is, again, it's a science fiction novel. Um, It centers around the figure of a a young woman named Lauren Olamina. Uh, Basically, she has this capability that is described as hyper empathy um in the in the book it's called sharing uh and this ability is uh the ability to feel pain and other sensations that she witnesses uh so she takes this this capability and it leads her to kind of come to believe that humanity's kind humankind's destiny is to travel beyond earth and live on other planets um which that journey would force humankind into its adulthood uh, and in pursuit of this she develops a new belief system it's kind of a slightly dystopian post apocalyptic world that it takes place in she develops a new belief system called earth seed uh, that she is using in preparation for the pursuit of this destiny so again that is parable of the sower by octavia butler and that was a 1993 one Uh, The third quote is from the... I'm going to butcher this, and I apologize in advance. The Mahabharata. Uh, It is, Once war has been undertaken, no peace is made by pretending there is no war. Um, So the Mahabharata is a Sanskrit epic poem. Uh, So we we jumped from 11th century to 1993. Now we're going to jump all the way back to 4th century BC. Uh, This is a poem, an epic poem And by epic poem, I mean exactly that. Its full form of the tale is about two million words long. It is one of the, if not the longest poem in world literature. It was written from the start of the 4th century BC to all the way to to roughly the end of the 2nd century AD. It has been a huge thing. It makes the, the tales of Homer small. Um, basically the Mahabharata narrates the struggle between two groups of cousins in the, I believe it is, uh, Kukush, war and the fates of the Kaurava and the Pandava princes and their successors. So it's, it's akin to what we usually see in historical epic poems, but on a much, much, much grander scale. Uh, and then the last one is a quote from the master and Margarita, uh, which is a Russian novel that was written sometime between 1928 and 1940. Uh, it was not published until 1967 due to the censorship situation in Russia at the time. Uh, this was written by Mikhail uh, Bulakov. The quote is, Never ask for anything, never for anything, and especially from those who are stronger than you. They'll make the offer themselves and give everything themselves. The story of The Master and Margarita is primarily about a visit by the devil to the officially uh, atheistic Soviet Union. Uh, this novel uh, combines supernatural elements with satirical dark comedy and a, a very strong Christian philosophy, uh, which basically is one of the strongest cases at that time of defining a singular genre uh in it is actually because of this that many critics consider it to be one of the best novels of the 20th century as one of the f- foremost of soviet satires or satires uh which is also why it took nearly 20 years from the time it was written to the time that it was actually published and it, it's its story of publication is also very interesting um it's it's very very political as you can imagine uh, but yeah so those are those are the four quotes that we have interspersed within this particular adventure uh each one has i mean i know green kind of already made a comment but like this adventure alone we could probably tease apart at least one or two episodes just on this adventure alone
1: mm-hmm. i think we kind of did back in the day oh yeah i don't yeah. remember no, what episode oh we recorded it at but
0: i remember well I remember- it was yeah when it first came out it was like what <laughs>
1: Like yeah, there's a lot in this one. Not only from the aspects of Rasputin controlling our ghost, but also the musical history tied into it, as well as all these different quotes. Like that last quote, never ask for anything. It's, I mean, that kind of gives you Rasputin's personality in a nutshell in a lot of ways. But that kind of leads us to the world quest. And I honestly, of all the world quest this one was not one i found super memorable
0: dynasty yeah i don't remember this i mean i remember this one but i don't like it didn't stand out to me at all to be fair um so dynasty is the world quest that i kind of mentioned earlier that is referred to as king shadow in the Prima game guide um In the guide, it says that Taken activity has increased on Ganymede with an unusual focus on the Vex. You must find out what they're planning to do and put a stop to it. Uh, If I remember correctly, in the game, that Ganymede is not even mentioned in the game. Uh, So again, kind of the differentiation between information at the time of the guide being written and the time the game actually hit the shelves. Um, But this is basically when we see the Taken... Well, this is when we see the Taken actually starting to convert the Vex, which mm-hmm. is up until now, we hadn't really, like, we hadn't really experienced, like, we knew that they did it because obviously there were Taken variants of the Vex, but it was like, but they are actually, like, the Vex are, or the Taken are not just taking them, but it's the fact that they're taking them after Orcs is gone and they're actually right. they're actually harvesting the Vex. Like, they're not just taking them, they're actually, like, um
1: This is one manipulating, they in- imprisoning them. Yeah,
0: they're they're manipulating and, and almost even experimenting on the Vex, uh, which is what freaks out Ikora. And then Asher, once Asher gets involved, too, they both are kind of like, mm, no, 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 no. Because Asher's big thing is when the Takens start invading the Pyramidian. He's like, whoa whoa whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 whoa. No, <laughs> that is. I mean, not considering
1: okay. that the taken from D one were inside of the vault of glass, it would be not a far stretch to see, see right. them go into the pyramidian. But well,
0: right, but that's why we have. That's why we're uh, tasked with taking down. I think it's Era Rock, which is referred to. And I think you mentioned this uh, tongue of mm-hmm. Coria, and then Eletiox is the beloved of Coria,
1: beloved, which is interesting because if. You had no experience with the Taken King. You wouldn't know why that's significant. It would just be another boss name. But Curia, back in Books of Sorrow, is the Vex mind that came out of the wound that was cut by Crota when he cut into the, well, we assume the Ascendant Plane at that
0: point. Well, he cut into the Vex's reality from right. the Ascendant Plane.
1: He was, already, he was
0: in Crota's Ascendant Realm. And he made an incision and the Vex came out because that's when the Vex were like, Whoa, what's this geometry? And they didn't understand yeah, anything.
1: Trying to copy his sisters or try to cut into things like his sisters were at the time.
0: And you and I know you know this, but do you remember who tricked him into doing this?
1: Ah, oh, Zabathoon. <laughs> oh, good old witch queen Zabathoon. <laughs> yeah. It happens later in the cards, but yeah. Zavi is the one who convinced him well, convinced him, tricked him into cutting the right. the hole for Coria to come through.
0: Which was which then led to one of the best punishments you can give to a child. Orcs picked Throwing him up. Him by, the, time. by his leg picked him yeah. up and threw him into a vex gate. <laughs> Chuck him. <laughs>
1: When I was editing all of this for Books of Sorrow's for Destiny Lore audio file, I just could not help but giggle every time I got through that card entry where I he talks really about throwing. Like what you
0: should have done is put it like in the background, put like a Wilhelm scream, like
1: "ah." Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> oh, so yeah, so, this one okay. this one breaks down. We're fighting uh, through, and mm-hmm. this working on getting rid of the taken. Io was the primary location of Taken. Yes. In the early Day of Destiny 2. Um, Asher's theory, I don't remember what goes on in that one.
0: It's That was when Asher kind of freaked out about them going into the Pyramidian.
1: Uh, and then the long play when we actually corner Ira Rock. Yeah, because <clears throat> this is where Asher I
0: mean- is like, he talks about how the Pyramidian is the engine with which the Vex intend to convert Io into Machine World. Um, you know, he's talking about how, how the pyramidian kind of works a little bit. You know, there's warp gates inside connecting the Pyramidian to a thousand different places and realities. Um, in your luxurious absence, the Taken entered it in search of said warp warp gates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love how even in his explanation, he insults you. (laughs) It's like, listen, lazy person.
1: (laughs) The thing is, though, with this one, without having prior knowledge of D1, this world mission would be very ordinary. There's not a whole lot going on for you to grasp onto. You don't know why it's so important that Asher's freaking out about the Taken being in right. the pyramidian. You wouldn't understand that necessarily unless you had the books of sorrow at that point, in which I don't think the anthology was even released at this point when this first came out.
0: No, I mean I do know that he's his hypothesis is that the Taken are seeking to consume the collective the Vex collective mind, which is terrifying in its own way because I I, I kind of read that as like the whole of the Vex, like you know they're just kind of going, hey, there's the source, let's just take that and then everything you know right there, but um. Yeah, I don't think I can't. I don't think the anthology was because this was, was back later. in this was Mylan back in like 2017, it. I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, so then Mylan. so we basically, uh, so we hunt. Well, so we we get we get word of it. We hunt them down, and this is where I think it's excavation site two is when we first encounter ear ear a rock, and we kind of damage ear Ir- rock. It flees, which is how we then come into contact with Elatiox. We kill El-Tiox, um, and then we continue hunting Ira Rock, uh, which is basically calculated action. So we damage Ira Rock again, and then that's when we go into the long play. Um, and then we corner, basically we corner Ira Rock in the Pyramidian and completely Mm -hmm. kill it uh so once we have completely killed or completely destroyed the tongue of coria that's when we then get gratitude which is basically asher being like oh you actually did it and you didn't die good job um but yeah so that and that that was the first world quest and then i know we just like with season of arrivals we have gotten technically the second world quest that is taking place on io and i think we'll talk about that after a quick break. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast.
1: We talk about all things connected to D&D
0: lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. So, interference is i can't i can never remember is it is it called interference i know it's also referred to as means to an end um
1: means to the means to an end is the quest that takes you to do the interference mission every week
0: okay okay so interference is basically a the equivalent of a world quest on io um it takes place on either predominantly either io or titan depending on which section you are in the step because technically the contact event is either on io or titan um but really what interference is is a process of acquiring the lore book the singular exigent. uh much much like when we did um what was it uh ah dreaming city uh pa- truth truth the power Oh, uh, uh,
1: those when we were doing the weekly. Yeah, it was it was a yeah. similar
0: similar concept to the singular exeget. Um, so the means to an end operates. Uh, from like a mechanical standpoint, there's three versions. Really, technically, there might technically be a fourth that we haven't seen yet. Uh, but. The three versions are the Ritual Encounter, the Relic Encounter, and the Crystal Encounter. And so it rotates through these three. Um, And each time, so once you get all three, that's also unlocked to Triumph. But you also have to do it each week to get another entry within the Singular Exeget, which basically translates into we know that there will be at least 14 individual weeks that we um, are going to encounter we are currently i think we are currently on week 10 by the time this releases we'll be on week 12 i believe um so the first thing the first big step was uh, a shadow overhead and this was basically the acquisition process of the seasonal artifact seed of silver wings Uh, basically we meet with zavala following the destruction of the almighty Zavala tells us, you know, hey, this is what's going on. Eris is heading to IO to figure out what's going on. I need you to go and help her figure out this stuff. So we go and we find Eris. Uh, we go through a singular, a single run of the whole process. And then at the end of it, we acquire the Seed of Silver Wings artifact, uh, which then leads us to the next step, step, which is in the face of darkness, which is where we then take that seed and we go and talk to the Drifter. Which we find out has been conscripted into helping us. I think is Wrangled. the best. <laughs> he, Big Blue Convinced. has has made him do stuff. Um, but then, so then that is the completion for that week. Uh, then the next week, you when you logged in, you basically were prompted to say, "Okay, hey, this is means to the end week one." So the wink we uh, means to the end week one, or maybe it was. Was that the protected? I think that was the protected entry. So um, basically every week you do this, like I said, you, you unlock the next entry within the singular exigent. Uh We had protected, eggshell, white, cusp. Uh, week seven was a fun one because that was actually a different process. Uh, that was when we unlocked the gift entry. But at the, pro- at the end of the mission, we actually had Zavala, Teleport in or transmat in, which was really fun because there was a fun glitch with that. That if you were standing to the right of Eris, Zavala's transmatting would actually throw you across the map and kill you, uh, which was hilarious to watch. Um, but Zavala basically shows up, and we actually get to watch his conversation with Eris concerning <clears throat> concerning the messages from the darkness that she has been translating and giving back to the Vanguard. Um this is also the week that we complete the third step on the Ruinous Effigy Exotic quests which was Pendulum. I think that was actually the week that we could theoretically unlock Ruinous Effigy 2 if I remember correctly because I I know um it was pretty shortly after Zavala's jumping in that we got Ruinous Effigy. Um the next the next week which was week 6 I just went back to the standard beat the mission um talk to Eris, get the next entry, beat the, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then it was contrast, yes, unborn, purity. Uh, this week was conviction. So next week, if if the pattern follows, the next week will be petulant, then camouflage, falling, and then the finally contact.
1: Yep. I think the lore for these is, the lore is interesting, but actually I think the more fun aspect of this mission in particular is the aspect that Nokris has mm-hmm. been essentially conscripted by Zavathun. Like, they're working together at this point. And Chris is always the voice actor used within the mission of interference every week. And he's basically taunting us most weeks in one oh, way, shape, or form. Man.
0: The line about ghosts being a worm. Yeah.
1: Which I, I think that. we've mentioned on the show at oh, some yeah, point. Yeah, like, yeah. there's... yeah, There's... Yeah,
0: there's a lot of parallels being drawn. I, I just I love <clears throat> I love the acknowledgement from one in-game character of being like, you can't cast, you can't you can't th- you know throw shade on us because you have the same mechanic on your side just because mm-hmm. you are the quote unquote good guys. I love that Noctis is calling that out, or whoever is taking on the guise of Noctis. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, right. But yeah, so well, so hopefully, in, in in one of these final weeks, there is technically slight spoilers. Uh, there is technically supposed to be a variant of the process for one of the triumphs to get the forerunner title. So we're supposed to. I'm thinking that we might see that with the final week fourteen. If I if I was a betting person, that's when I would expect that to kind of hit.
1: So here's my questions, though. Now that we have the Tree of Silver Wings, essentially, or the tree, whatever we're going to call it at this point, on Io, and the missions tied to it specifically in the seed, which is the deliverer of these messages, like Eris's, Eris's descriptions, which is what is singular exigent, are coming from the seed itself. It's her notebook essentially, her journal of her work at the tree. And the seed is giving us these pictographs, Pictoglyphs? Pictoglyphs?
0: Now do we want to talk about that a little bit? Because that I think involves we should. that it's involves m- the web lore too. Yeah, I think
1: we should a little bit.
0: Because the explanation of that whole process, so like, you know, from from a lore perspective, an in-game explanation perspective of that weekly cycle. Um, Because it's like, the first quest, or the first step, is we have to go and we have to basically gather, I think it's like gather the darkness from the contact event. We have to gather Mm -hmm. energy from that contact event, you have to run through the the event or whatever. Um, The whole reason why we have to do this every week is because, behind the scenes, Nochris is actually trying to mess up stuff. So there's a web lore entry which Nochris basically... Abandons Zol and pledges loyalty to Savathun, which is also a really interesting thing because the trick that Savathun plays on him at the end with the thrall is just really interesting. Um, but basically, he says, you know, he basically agrees to help her by disrupting whatever communications are coming from the seed. So mm-hmm. when we get the seed those disruptions that you see mention of that's actually no Chris and Savathun kind of jury rigging stuff behind the scenes. That's why we have to reset it every week. Um, so when we, we have to do the contact event and then it seems like it's on a rotating <laughs> schedule or go for it.
1: Yeah. There's generally uh, a different secondary
0: Umbral, step within it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When you're essentially attuning it yeah. to be able to go in And it's on a rotating schedule. It not necessarily is by week, it's by how many times you've done it. Because I know that. Oh, um, okay. Dwyer is a few weeks behind me, and he will be on a totally different step for the umbral and umbral step than I will. So so, sometimes we'll have to like spend, yeah, because a lot of them are like menagerie based, right? Or. Yeah, um, the ones that I've had Gambit. are
0: Gambit or Elimination are the two that stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Or Stripes. Well, he's Sorry, different... Stripes, I think is the other one.
1: Yeah. He's on a different step than we are, which is, I think, tied to what card he's ending up getting. That would make, yeah, that makes well. sense.
0: Yeah, because, like, it would be the week, because each week is a different ritual that you're dispersing as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think if I'm, if I'm remembering all this off the top of my head, the Umbral. So like it's it's like you're um, – gosh, man, this is going to date me so badly. So back in the day when we didn't have cable, we had these things called rabbit ears on the TV. And <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what rabbit ears are, um, I am sorry that you didn't get to live through the pain in the butt that this was. But it's basically – it was basically like a, a very small version of a satellite. Uh, you could also have satellite dishes, but a lot of that was – a bigger investment so anyways a rabbit ears it basically had like a, a ring and then like two antennas going out and in order to get a tv channel you had to move you could sometimes have to move the the um i don't know what you want to call them the antenna antennae to different locations based on how the signal was coming in that day and the fun thing about rabbit ears is is if you touch them, that changes the reception. So like you are constantly having to fidget with rabbit ears to get the best reception for your various TV channels. That's basically what we're doing with the seed, is every week we have to fine tune the antenna on it so that we can go we can cut through the white noise that Nocris is generating so that we can actually receive the transmission from the pyramid. Um so when you when you talk about like the the contact event is basically reconnecting it but then the umbrals are refining it so you you're replugging it in and then also moving those antenna back and forth through the umbral pieces to get that best connection um and then you also then have to go um and jump through i can't the interference mission is that what it's referred yep. to as and then that's mm-hmm. when you when you completely sever the the um the ritual, whichever ritual you're on, you completely sever the ritual through the defeating of the witness. Is the witness, is the witness? Yeah. I think? I can't remember what the technical term for it is. It's the
1: shrieker that's there.
0: Yeah, but isn't it like, hang on. Prob- I know there's actually. I don't I'm,
1: remember. There's eyes of Zavathun that are shriekers. There's also witnesses of Zavathun that are shriekers.
0: Zavathun's witness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. There's envoys also that show up, and those are really annoying. But yeah, Savathun's Witness is the giant shrieker that you're basically chasing through this whole thing. Um, but once you defeat the Witness, that completely basically breaks the interference. And then you can return to Eris at the Tree of Silver Wings, where she then will tell you you know, that week's particular message.
1: Also, I do like how they allow you to continually proc prior week's messages?
0: Yes. With I, errors. Do, I do appreciate that. That's why when we first loaded in, <laughs> I remember reading, everyone was freaking out because it was like, you have, what was it, like 600 seconds until the mission, and like normally it's like, you have like 20, but it was like some astronomical number, and everyone's like, oh, there's hidden something in this, in this tree. <laughs> it's like, oh, mm-hmm. no, it's because literally you can... You so basically at the end of this whole thing, you should be able to say, "I want to keep hearing Eris read the entire mission back," and you should be able to see every single one of them back to back. Which I think it's going to be really cool to to hear those little excerpts back to back.
1: Fun fun fact though, if you haven't caught up to the week where Zavala shows up, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just stand to the right of Eris
1: just stand where you intuitively would go to to watch Eris talk to the seed the or talk best. about the seed it is the and best. then immediately get T-posed and thrown into the side of the tree i watched Issacol do this it was f- hilarious she i watched she actually captured oh gosh. yeah there
0: is there is a couple people who captured it cuz i remember when it first happened everyone's like uh, what? what <laughs> Big jerk. I was standing there. <laughs> you know whose
1: fault that actually is? It's not Zavala's fault. It's his ghost.
0: Oh. His ghost yeah, is his the ghost one who a- transmitted yeah. him. But that actually brings us talking about strikes.
1: Um, the Pyramidion is the strike that we deal with on Io. It is the one where you fight Brachion, the jerkion, who if you do too much damage at first, but not enough, we you not pop his head off. Oh my gosh, Dwyer, it is his mission in life every time we go into that strike to pop Brachion's head, which... Renders him invincible and shooting his sniper rifle and chasing you around the map until you complete the cycles. <laughs> it is the most infuriating thing to do in Nightfalls, and he's a jerk. But, um,
0: as far as infuriating, the- what she means is absolutely terrifying. Oh, my
1: God. You are screaming and trying to hide. Like, I'm just going invisible as fast as I can when that happens and <laughs> running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But um the Pyramidian Strike, that happens where you're going in and you're trying to find Brachion. You get a lot of dialogue from Asher and Ikora referencing Asher's time within the Pyramidian, including the infamous um, there is no lake thing, like the the moment where Ghost is like, should we tell him there's no lake? Is it a metaphor? It's
0: not a metaphor! It's not
1: a (laughs) metaphor! (laughs) Yeah. That one, it's a giant taken hobgoblin in there, and he's a jerk face. Otherwise, I think that strike is fairly straightforward and fairly simple to work through.
0: Watch out for the lasers.
1: Yeah. It is the... SRL.
0: (laughs) It is. is, That tunnel, you'll know what tunnel I'm talking about if you've ever run this strike, that tunnel is probably next to Brachion, the place where most people die. (laughs) Yep. Uh, The only other strike really is the Festering Core, which was introduced following Forsaken, right? Because it was after Dreaming City. Was it? Was it really? Shadowkeep? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. But this is where we have Zavala and Eris as the strike leaders, air quote. The strike uh, vendors, I guess, would be the best word for it. Um, But this is where we see Savathun kind of stretching out and trying to more directly touch things, supposedly. There's a lot more Taken Blights and And, a Taken uh, Centurion at the end. And then I think it's, is it Ghost that recognizes that the Taken Blights are the same signature as the ones from Dreaming City?
1: Correct. Yeah. Ghost calls it out about halfway through. Um, the weird thing about dealing with this one is that you're not only interacting with Taken, but you're interacting with Vex constructs and locks. So there are locks to get into the, mm. there's plates that you have to stand on to activate the locks that you shoot to deactivate the gates to move into the next area those are vex oriented but then you're also dealing with all the taken that are showing up and trying to take you out including quantum minds i believe I that's hate what they're those called things they're type- so
0: much the hydras yeah yeah the hydras so there are hydras
1: send out a shield to encapsulate you as you're moving through things and if you don't either get out of their zone in time, or don't shoot them and stun them. They're going I mean, to.
0: I see one pop up, and I'm like, "Nope, that's a rocket to the face." Like, yeah. I'm going to. You are getting my full focus until you blow up.
1: Mm-hmm. At um, the end, you have to actually kill that in order to unlock to do damage to the right. boss. That is the um, win scenario that you have to do over and over again.
0: Yeah, and, and then yeah. Uh, the other thing with the other one. Oh, yeah, because that's also the one that has Walls of Death from, mm-hmm. uh, is it the Menagerie that we saw that in, too? I think it was. Yes. Wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Menagerie had some something similar, but it wasn't the same exact one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's a similar mechanic.
0: And then, finally, the dungeon, air quotes on dungeon, of the Whisper, which basically is, you get the Whisper of the Worm.
1: Which is actually a really fun thing to run through.
0: If you have a good map,
1: when, if you have somebody in the same fire team with you,
0: <laughs> unless you want to break Twitter, then you can do it the way we did it. So, Blue plays
1: primarily on Xbox, I play primarily on PS4. Blue was trying to find the Zabathun eyes, and I was trying to guide him via voice. For the most part, we
0: managed it,
1: but all except for the last one. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, it was so funny! But basically, the long story oh. short, Green had to post the video, which then all the people on Twitter were like, "Green, what are you doing?" It was like we were doing coded messages. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was trying to figure out what we were talking about.
1: Green's trying to help Blue out. Oh. She just looks stupid in the process. Oh it's fine. Gosh. Oh,
0: it was so yeah. fun watching the watching the fallout from that. That was just hilarious. Um, oh my goodness! But yeah, I mean that's that's really there's quite a bit on Io because Io's there's been one in-game.
1: technically one more mission too. Um, there, when you get Izanagi's burden, you have <laughs> to do a mission mm-hmm. on Io, but it's just a it's a rehash of another one. So it's is that the one only worth calling out? Because I
0: know with Izanagi's, you also have to run through the Pyramidian to get um, the radiant phase is. glass. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Okay, that's
1: the yeah. That's what it is, but that's the only other tie to it. But yeah, because yeah, that was that it. was
0: the radiant variant of the phase glass that we talked about in the intro session. Correct. But Correct. Yeah. Which cool. I still
1: need to do. That's eleven pages of uh, IO lore. We did it.
0: <sighs> Shout out yeah. to Green for patience.
1: Shout out to Blue for writing a dissertation on <laughs> IO. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i need to i need to finish doing the same thing for mars no so, i
1: started it already
0: yeah mars Mars is going to be like like i said io the thing that i love about the doing like world war stuff is that like it's the breath is just it's so much like there's so much that goes on behind the scenes with with games or within the game world for the actual planets that we actually, you know, we are interacting with that are so it's so much deeper like any one of these particular things we could probably break out and reasonably do at least a single episode on maybe not two episodes but we could definitely do at least one episode on them and mm-hmm. you know kind of just touching base and it's like it's again just kind of kind of pulling back the curtain and seeing you know hey look this is we we today we load into io and we're like all right do the two things and move on but there's so much that goes on that explains you know why these things happen what is happening what is going on what has led to these things happening. i mean io has been in the game for ever since it it launched for destiny 2 yep um so there is a large number of trivia facts of of minor stories that will sadly be missed when when it does get yeah. sunset um there's so a
1: point on io where there's a tree planted specifically for Ulan Ton, where he mm-hmm. used to meditate
0: yep yeah i mean there's like the endless gates you know like that's there's like these different nooks and crannies within all the worlds like not just io mars has them nessus has them edz has a ton of them um thankfully Mm -hmm. we don't have to do edz world war because that would be like three weeks worth of information because you know obviously the earth is so much more known to us like the it's one thing for us to kind of talk about io mars nessus all these they they're real places but we don't actually have like experiences with them whereas like edz is like that's the european dead zone that you know it is based in something that we have encounter we could encounter in real life um and so there's a lot of more there's a lot more nuanced history with the EDZ than than just like IO because IO is you know it's not really something that we interact with um but yeah i mean so for for like shout outs you know uh seriously though shout outs goes to not just you know the narrative team that ha- the narrative team current and previous who have made IO and made the other worlds what they are but also you know the sandbox team the visual teams who take those stories and they they make them the beautiful things that we can interact with and we are engaged with like that actually draw us back into it um i think that this is definitely an example of that that convergence of storytelling of aesthetics of mechanics of all of the components within building a game coming together in a really beautiful way, but yeah, Green, what about you?
1: I think the my favorite imagery that came from IO actually came when we got the cutscene of the Vex birth
0: mm.
1: cutscene. I think was uh, back in was it season of the Undying when we got that? Yes, it
0: was- yes. It was it within was,
1: this last year, shadow, and yeah, that cutscene, yeah. it takes the pyramidian, which is something so familiar, and I don't know about you guys, but I have a really bad habit of just shoot the things, run through the gate. Shoot the things, run through the gate, and I didn't really look at what I was dealing with, but I've gone back through, especially the Brachion strike, the, um, what is it, the Undying Mind, or not the Undying Mind, whatever that strike is called that we just talked about.
0: The Pyramidian?
1: Pyramidian. Yeah. That one. When you're going through it, if you turn around after you go through one of the gates, you'll see the prior gates where you came from above you. And you're basically jumping through points within the Pyramidian. And you can kind of see some of the same designs that came out in that video itself. You'll see that same area where the Vex were flying through and getting the, the Vex inhabited and in, within the shell. It's just, it's very interesting. And there's some really cool things just kind of tucked behind things we've been doing this whole time that if you hadn't been looking, you would have never known. So that's, that's my shout outs. That's my call out to just the world design and the mission design in general, because there's some really cool missions in all of these places, especially, The Arecibo mission. I don't know who wrote that mission or who decided that that was going to be the concept. Or even Road Rage. Road Rage is another one of my favorites Mm because that's just fun. Mm -hmm. Those are are my shoutouts. And I think we should wrap.
0: All right. Well, as always, thank you for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.